0: This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live
1: not lukewarm.
0: Hello, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am excited to be here today. I am going to be having a conversation with someone who has become a friend uh, because we've met each other online and now she's like a real a friend that you I can talk to and that you're going to get to, in a sense, listen in on our conversation. So I'd like to welcome Erin McColl-Cupp to the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Deanna. It's always so good to talk with you. Thanks for having me on.
0: So uh, let me just give you a little... Set up as to what Erin and I are going to be chatting about. So one of the ways that I have gotten to know Erin is through Clubhouse, which is a really fun app. Now, this is not an advertisement for Clubhouse, but I will say that if you are on Clubhouse, you should seek out Erin or me and and join us and and join us in the things that we're doing. But we'll talk about that as we go along. But on Clubhouse, Erin had this lovely prayer that she was doing on Thursday mornings at eight o'clock calls the chaplet of gratitude and surrender and i love it i absolutely love it so much so that not only do i join in on thursday mornings but i pray it on my own as well and so i wanted to have some time with aaron and all of you to talk about this two things really prayer and gratitude and how they're related so aaron what what do you what is it about prayer and gratitude that are related for you
1: well that's a really lovely Jumping off point. Um, So, I just sort of want to give a little bit of background about my story and how gratitude had to become such an integral part of my spirituality. Um, I am a survivor of childhood and developmental trauma. Um, And that's what, long story short, brought me to write the book that came out from Our Sunday Visitor June of 2021, called All Things New Breaking the Cycle and Raising a Joyful Family. And it's about the, um, the spiritual tools that God provides for people like me, survivors of um, family trauma, to create a whole new experience with their own families, um, an experience of you no know, poverty of spirit, so that we are open to learning to do things new ways and dropping the old scripts. And one of the scripts that sort of gets fed into many of our brains, even people who wouldn't look at their own history and say, you know, oh yeah, I have trauma. People who like look at my story and then look at their own and say, well, I don't have trauma. Aaron has trauma, I don't. Um, a lot of times in our families and our fallen human families, we grow up with this idea of criticism with the experience that teaches us the only way to survive is to be constantly looking for things that are wrong, looking for things to fix, looking for things to ask God to fix because I've tried and it hasn't worked. Part of that sort of develops into us in this scarcity mindset, this idea that I don't have enough, I can't be enough, um, I will always fall short, everybody around me is always going to fall short of my expectations. And so that builds up this, uh, forget the toxic environment in the relationships around us when we approach life from this critical standpoint, our own heads become unsafe places to be. And who wants to spend time in a chapel inside your own skull where all you've got are complaints and things that are wrong? <laughs> it's, it's a horrible place to be. It makes it really difficult to want to go pray. I don't want to, I have never wanted to pray at a situation like that. And yet, you know, I'm a lay Dominican, so I made a promise that I was going to be doing these prayers these times a day for the rest of my life. (sighs) All right, I'll go sit myself down and, you know, pray. But really, I didn't realize until within the past six or seven months, I never really prayed. I don't think I ever really prayed because really what I was doing, like the scripture words were going in front of my eyes, but in my head, I was spinning like in another room in my head. I was, that was the room I was invested in, the the room where I was complaining, where I was trying to figure out all the, all the people in my life who were making my life difficult and all the things I was doing to myself to make my life difficult and how I was gonna fix them all. So it was this constant place of criticism, this constant experience and belief of scarcity. Meanwhile, here's God. In inviting us into communion with him, um, especially in the Eucharist, which is like true physical and spiritual and mental and emotional communion. And, you know, he, he's not constantly criticizing us. I believe it's St. Teresa of Avila in the way of perfection, who says, um, our God is not ungrateful. Isn't that amazing? We are these fallen, you know, mess, messed up creatures and God is not ungrateful for us. So I didn't have that quote in my head, but two Julys or Augusts ago, um, I just occurred to me, like I was part of my um, trauma therapy is every day shortly after I wake up, write three, I'm sorry, five gratitudes, five things for which I'm grateful for and share them with somebody. So I'd been doing that for a few months And it was a Sunday after receiving Eucharist, I went back to my pew and I was, you know, sitting and kneeling in my pew and thinking, you know what, I wonder if I could come up with as many things to be grateful for as there are Hail Hail Mary beads on the round part of a rosary. All right, I'll give that a shot. And I did, if I could, I, I wanted to see if I could do that before the closing hymn ended or the, um meditation hymn ended sorry i'm a little popping around this morning and i've actually had my coffee people yeah <laughs> so i so like, did yeah, yeah I, so i did that and i'm like oh wow it, they don't have to be big grateful things they don't have to be you know I, I don't have to have like these huge things to be grateful for i can just be thankful for the pew i'm sitting on for the mask on my face you know that's helping me stay well for the priest who showed up for mass today instead of sleeping at whatever um and over the months. I Well, actually, in in that time, since that first prayer started, I um, had to have a series of surgeries to fix some things in my abdomen that had gone awry, and I was bedridden for the better part of three months. And in that time, Clubhouse came into my life. I'd started with all this time with nothing to do. I couldn't even sit up and write, really. I was just lying in bed. And um, I was, you know, sort of developed more around that practice of the, the gratitude and uh, cha- the, developed a chaplet around it. And I like I've heard I don't know if you've heard this joke that um you know Jesus is up in heaven. And he goes to Mary and says, "Hey, mom, can I borrow your beads?" And <laughs> she's like, "Sure." What are you going to use them for? He's like, "Oh, I've got this girl Faustina. She and I are going to you know use them for something else." And so that's there my, my <laughs> chaplet. I'm like, well, if Jesus could do that. Maybe I could do this too. Hey, mom, can I borrow your beads? <laughs> and so that's how it you know developed. Clubhouse came along. I'm like. Eh, see if I can share this with people and see if anybody wants to pray with me on Clubhouse. And I was kind of surprised they did. (laughs) And Tiana came along and started praying with me and um, all, all sorts of other people came. And it's just been a beautiful experience to share that pattern of gratitude, a little bit of a discipline of gratitude, and to see how spending more time in gratitude has given me very little time to spend in scarcity it has really opened up my heart to real genuine prayer that I don't have to overcomplicate it by making sure I'm checking off all of the boxes I still pray my Dominican prayers of course but there's a whole new dimension because it's no longer I no longer approach prayer as it's you know time to meet in the boardroom with my employees and their, the employees' names have to happen to be God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. And I'm now going to tell them what I want them to do um, to fix all my problems. And I'll, I'll do most of the work. I just need them to do a little bit. And that's, that was such a toxic way for me to be praying because it's not realistic. I am not charged. No, we're not.
0: We're, we're so not in charge. Um, I think I know that that's one of the things I appreciate about this notion of gratitude and about listening to other people say what they're grateful for and thinking what I am grateful for, because it's, it is the big things and it's the little things, you know, it's the things that we don't often think about. And I like what you said, well, or I appreciate what you said about scarcity, because that's, we live there sometimes. We, we just live there. And And then we give the list to God and say, okay, fix this. And this is how. So so not only do we go to the almighty God who created us and knows us better than anyone to ask for what we need, but then we tell him how to take care of it. Oh, my goodness. Like, what are we thinking? Right? What are we thinking? <laughs> and, and if there's anyone listening who can say they've never done that, please just drop me an email because we need to chat. Because be one too. <laughs> right. I, I'll let you know, Erin. We'll have like a whole podcast episode about how, <laughs> how every, anyone can do that. Because everyone I know who prays, and I know a lot of people who pray, right? <laughs> um, we have this mentality of we need to tell God how to fix the problem. And it's easy to off the cuff say, oh, that's just our pride. And I don't believe that it's our pride so much as it's maybe it's like fear or the idea that he's so busy, we better really bring him fully into the loop of our thought process or something like that. Um, So that's an interesting idea that I find that if we could stop that, if I could stop that, I would be so much better for it. And gratitude helps me stop that. Right.
1: Yeah. And yeah. What, what you were saying about, um, you know, telling God, this is what I want and this is how I want you to do it. Um, all of my intercessory prayer was that way up until very recently. And um, I know, like I heard, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. It's not about, I personally think in most cases, it is certainly not about intentional pride. Um, it's probably an undercurrent of taught pride. Um, of course, I'm going to come from at this from my personal perspective as a developmental trauma survivor, that in order to survive in my family of origin, I had to create this, this fantasy world of, you know, if things could just go this way, then I could be safe. And I, of course, I was going to bring that to my prayer life. But the now that I'm adult, I don't have to use that tactic anymore. Instead, I can use actual relationship with God. And I've heard it said recently that we often fight you know are fighting and saying we can't hear god's voice but it's because we're too busy reading out to him our script yeah yeah and we have to drop those scripts and that's scary if that's the those scripts are the only thing that have given us a sense of survival um through all sorts of scary events it's hard to let go of that script it is
0: because it is it's a matter of It's, we lean on those out of comfort, out of past necessity. Um, And we are so inclined often to think about God as the person, like as people we know, uh, like it's on this earth, right? So we, um, there's a word for that. And it just, it was on the tip of my tongue and it left my brain, oh my goodness. All right, nonetheless, we make God into a, a person and he is a person. He is a person. However, he's much bigger and greater and all knowing and omnipotent and all of those things that we know about him. But somehow. With the stuff inside of our head that just goes round and round and round, like you were saying, like there's that box in your head where all the stuff is that you've put in there because of trauma, because of past hurts because of past experiences that have just left you really wanting in terms of being comforted or your needs being met, basic needs or, or other, right. You know, this isn't about whose trauma is worse. It's about, we all have something that has happened to us in our life that has hurt us. And so it's not a, it's not a competition, right? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Whose, whose hangnail hurts worse? My mom is fond of saying, when, when it's your toothache, it hurts. Like, your toothache hurts.
1: <laughs> right. and, I had a friend recently tell me that, like, it, it's minor surgery if it happens to someone else. It's major surgery right, right? if it happens to you. <laughs> exactly. It's a procedure,
0: unless it's you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's minor, unless it's you. And so it's the same thing. We, we go to God as if he's like us. And he's not really like us. He's so much better than us. And that's why, like when you, when you were saying how for years you prayed in this way, I'm thinking, you know what? And God, he accepts all of our prayers. The, the, the good ones, the quote unquote, bad ones, the messy ones, he, he accepts all of them. But what happens is, is that when, when I start to pray out of gratitude, then I get more out of my prayer and I get more out of my life, right? Because there's that saying that whatever it is you focus on is what grows. Mm. So if I'm going to focus on what I'm grateful to God for, it doesn't mean my problems go away. It doesn't mean the past disappears. It doesn't mean I'm living in a fantasy land. What it means is that I'm choosing to look at the good rather than the bad, and then I always find that I can deal with the not so great stuff much better.
1: Yeah, that's my, my experience kind of follows along that path as well. Um, I think for me, the, the gratitude, adding, leaning so heavily on the gratitude, developing a discipline of gratitude, what it has sort of, you know, tweaked my badly focused eyes, I'm speaking, I have terrible eyesight, but I'm speaking metaphorically right now. Um, the eyes of my heart were so out of focus because I had somewhere along the line picked up this idea that this world was going to satisfy me when we were not made to be satisfied by a fallen world. We were made to, for paradise and we live here. I don't know if you've known, and I'm saying this as a proponent of gratitude. I don't know if you've noticed but this place is not perfect. Okay. We were not made for this. So the idea of making gratitude a daily discipline and a shared discipline with others, at least once a week, um, what it does is it has reoriented, refocused the eyes of my heart to acknowledge, yeah, the bad things happen. They're part of living in a fallen world. And in spite of how fallen this world is, look at how good God is to me today. Yeah. I don't have the life I want. I have a good life. Um, I, one of the things I I talk with a couple of my friends about um, pretty uh, frequently, I don't know if you've read the book, The Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom.
0: No. Okay. So she's been on my list for a long time.
1: (laughs) I suggest you bump it towards the top if you can. Um, It's you know, a harrowing read, but so, so, so dark and yet so hopeful. Um, Corey and her family lived in, Ooh, I think it was Amsterdam. Now I'm forgetting. It might've been Nijmegen. Anyway, um, they, during world war II, they hid their Jewish neighbors in their home and worked mm-hmm. to get them out. Um, and at one point she and her sister got caught and sent to prison and they were in a prison camp and they were, running a clandestine bible study and they also happened to be in the barracks that had the worst flea problem in the entire camp they were beset by fleas and at one point Corey was talking to her sister complaining about the fleas like saying basically god if we are doing all of these good things for god to promote him here in this horrible horrible place why does he let us have these fleas and her sister says, haven't you noticed the guards stay away from us the most? The only reason we get to have this Bible study is because we have fleas. It's like, oh, oh so like, yeah, those bad things are going to happen. Like the surgeries I had to have over this winter into spring, not fun. Zero out of 10 would not recommend. That said, it, it gave me this opportunity to, you know, develop this, this discipline in a way I, might I don't think I would have chosen to do myself if God had not literally slowed me down and laid me out, and you wow. know given me almost no option but to do this. So those are my fleas. So now with some friends, I, I would like to say, like if we're talking about something, it's difficult. Okay, let's look for the fleas.
0: That's interesting, and and I think it's so true. And I am I definitely definitely want to read that book, and I need to put that on my list uh, higher up on my list, I should say, because it actually is in my, uh, Kindle. So when we think about prayer, we think about gratitude. Um, I want, I want to mention, well, well, two things. First of all, um, when we do pray this prayer of gratitude together, this chaplet together, people are thankful for everything from, you know, that God has given them a new job to a cup of coffee. So it, it runs from like really big things to very small things, but, God is grateful to us, which you mentioned that Aaron, right? That God is grateful. He is grateful for us when we remember all he has given us. And I think that's really important. The other thing that I appreciate about this, and I want to talk about this a little bit is how simple the prayer is. Prayer does not need to be complicated. Now, you know, there's, there's lots of different prayers in the Catholic church. We have, I don't even know how many prayers we have no idea. And then of course, there is the great prayer of the church, which is mass. And does mass need to be done a certain way? Absolutely. Okay. But even within mass, there are so many variations. And so I think with prayer often, one of the concerns that I hear people say to me is I want to make sure I'm doing it right. So what, what do you think about that? What is your thought on that?
1: Oh Yeah, that's um, been a huge burden for me, a huge problem for me doing it, quote unquote, right. Big old air quotes around the word right. Um, and I think, again, I, I'm coming at this from the standpoint of somebody who, like, I now see how many of my approaches to life, including to prayer, were rooted in this wrongly spirited instruction that I received from my family of origin. Um, that because like, actually I've sort of had like, I I'm just thinking of it now, it's like this bar- barrier to gratitude, just the simplicity of finding things to be thankful for, because a, I was taught that ev- everything's a problem. Um, but on top of that, there were times when I, if I didn't say thank you to my parents, I would be punished. Or if I didn't say it at the right time or didn't say it in the right way. So actually, I'm not even sure you were in the room that day when we were doing the chaplet of gratitude. And it was my turn to listen to somebody else's, you know, gratitude decade. And I'm thinking like, oh gosh, they're, they're being so much better at gratitude than I am. I, I'm so bad at gratitude. <laughs> and in that moment, oh, I'm going to cry. Um, sorry, folks. It is okay to cry. <sighs> Grateful for tears that um, I realized that God isn't like our fallen earthly parents at all. He's not gonna come back at us and say, "Well, you weren't grateful enough. You didn't thank me at the right time." Um I like to say this is really back to your, you know, note on simplicity rather than trying to, you know, pray correctly. I kind of thought for a very long time that if I just showed God how hard I'm working at praying, that he would hear me. Yeah. And What I discovered through my, you know, healing work is that this face of God that i like to call the God of colic, I don't know if any of your kids had colic, but all three of mine did. No. Two simultaneously because I have twins. That's right. You do. Good, good, good times. (laughs) I wish I had known at the time that colic, I believe, is God's gift to the parent-child relationship because- It is the opportunity for those of you who don't know what colic is colic is when a baby usually like three to I think three weeks to like three months old really anywhere in that window can just be usually in the afternoon into evening crying inconsolably for hours and no one knows why the medical professionals of the world still have not discovered why this happens. I think I know why it happens. It's a a relational tool. It is an opportunity for the parent to show the child, I am here for you no matter what. Your feelings do not inconvenience me, upset me, disgust me, turn me away from you. I am here for whatever you you are feeling. I wish I, if I had a time machine, I would go back to colic and like relive it so that I could be that for my kids instead of trying to like find the next thing that might fix it because that's not how God approaches us. God sees us crying. He accepts every single emotion we have, even the ones that humans aren't really fond of. And he holds us in those emotions and walks with us through those emotions and doesn't demand that we change them to make him more comfortable. So how does that go into your point about doing prayer right? I think it goes into doing prayer right is about just developing our relationship with God, going to him with the stuff that doesn't feel fixable, because maybe it's not, not on this side of the veil. It's about developing that relationship. We don't need to correct, change, repair, um, modify each other. We just accept each other as we are. And that's the heart of relationship. But that's the heart of, that's the heart of prayer. Prayer is just relationship. So that's, absolutely. that's my, you know, 50 cents on that. That was more than two cents.
0: That's- that's great. No and and that's what prayer is. It's relationship. It is about getting to know God, letting God get to know you more deeply even though he does know us thoroughly and thoroughly. Um and I love what you said that he is not trying he our emotions are not going to upset him. He knows we have them and we try to hide them and we try to you know look so good and be so perfect and you know, make sure our hair is done. And and I remember once reading a book, this woman talking about how she approached her day and that she would not start to pray until she had showered and done her hair and done her makeup. And I thought, oh my goodness, like if I waited until I looked perfect to pray, Same. we we'd be waiting a long time. <laughs> Same <laughs> Because you know what, I, you know, I, that's just, that's just not me. And and maybe for this person, it was important. And I, I can sort of get that, but, but I remember the book feeling like she was dispensing like advice, like you needed to do this before you approached the Lord. And I thought, I I can approach the Lord in my brokenness, in my messiness, literal, figurative, emotional, all of it, right? There is no there's no perfection this side of heaven. There's just, there's not. And so I think whenever I go to him with all of the craziness, he accepts it. And then he helps you move on to the next place that's a little bit better, a little more clear, a little easier, right? You know, because we know that when we go to God, he doesn't leave us without his help. He doesn't do that to us. Um, and again, with the, with the whole notion of gratitude, that the other part of that gratitude chaplet, which we haven't really talked about is the, the surrender part. And so for me, that when I, when I first started doing it, I'm thinking, but why are we surrendering? What, like, why why are we surrendering? And then I, then a couple of, times into it, I realize this is it because I'm grateful. And then I'm going to surrender all the stuff that I'm not necessarily grateful for. But I don't, arti- we don't artic- articulate what we're ungrateful for, or the messiness, we just surrender it all, knowing that God will indeed take care of it. You know, we articulate the good. And we just let we offer up we collect and offer up the not so good stuff and give it to God.
1: That to me is what the
0: surrender does.
1: Yeah, for me, the surrender is a big part of just relying on God. Um, Like here are some gifts, some just a small portion of the gifts that I am able to think of in this moment for which I am grateful. And I surrender to God because I didn't get any of this myself. Um, I have recently come to the realization that God has given me one power in this world, and that is to not make things worse. All of the power to make things better is in his hands. The only thing I can possibly do is not make things worse. (laughs) Um, that's the only power for good that I have. (laughs) And so for, for me, the surrender piece is huge and important and a, like the surrender and trust um, bookend each decade of gratitude because it's so important for me to remember that I'm not the boss I am not my own provider the only things I have are because God is generous not because I am you know a straight a student or uh, you know a really good grocery shopper or like I don't know whatever else you could imagine that that one could be that like I'm it's not because I'm like this you know, I'm a really good client in therapy or something like that. It's because God gave me stuff. And that's kind of where it ends. Like it's from God. So just got to surrender that whatever I have, God wants the best for me. He wants the best for all of us. If I have it, it's for the best. Even if it doesn't feel for the best. I think it was just last week I did a um a little morning coffee. I once a week I um make a little morning coffee for my TikTok/slash Instagram viewers where I bake coffee and have little, you know, motivational things. And the one last week was, you know, yeah, God sees your pain coming, but he also sees it going. And it's so hard yeah. for us to remember that he's, and that's just one more way we've got to surrender through the coming of the pain and the going of the pain, because that's where God is. Yeah.
0: The, the more tightly we hold on to our stuff, the harder it is for God to do his work. I think, and that's a really good example. You know, God sees the pain coming and he sees the pain going when we surrender. And when we surrender, the pain, I think, is going to go more quickly, or at least our ability to deal with the pain is going to be more present. Um, Because sometimes if it's actual, you know, physical pain or emotional pain, sometimes you have to really sit with that sometimes before it goes. But he's there with us in the sitting with it, too. You know, he's always there and he sees that that pain. I think that's really important. Um, Every time I talk to people, I think, okay, we won't talk too long. And then I then I'm looking at the time and I'm (laughs) like, really, what was I thinking? We won't talk too long. We need to kind of wrap this up. And one of the ways I what I would like to do is is for Aaron, um, we we do meet on Clubhouse uh, on thursday mornings at eight o'clock to pray this chaplet and it's absolutely beautiful and then if you follow erin on instagram she also has an explanation for the prayer there and she's also on tiktok i'm i don't ever go on tiktok um but erin puts her tiktoks on instagram is that the right way to say it
1: yes <laughs> yes i've heard that called, wait insta tics tiktogram <laughs> insta reels whatever <laughs> okay
0: so but i i really encourage you to follow aaron on instagram because you will be lifted up and edified uh, and she throws in some good jokes every now and again too some funny stuff you know don't it's not all seriousness and heaviness um i think it was teresa of avila that said right like save us from sour saints um y'all got to be we all got to be able to laugh at ourselves we we just we just do
1: amen (laughs) i get to laugh at myself a lot because i provide a lot of material
0: (laughs) Um, So, yeah and then like running around this morning i was running around trying to find my glasses still have not but i will find them um so nonetheless erin what else what would you like to leave everybody with
1: Well, let's see. Um, Yeah, if you can join us for the um, Chaplet of Gratitude 8 a.m. Eastern U.S. time every Thursday morning, thankful Thursday. Um, Also, Deanna and I just started yesterday. Well, this, you know, late, late September, Wednesday mornings in Clubhouse at 9 a.m. Eastern time, we do a Catholic Creators Coffee Break. Just totally informal. Show up with your cup of coffee or your cup of herbal tea or whatever you got, and we'll just talk about the challenges and joys and inspirations that come with um, being a Catholic in the creative field of any kind, no matter what you're creating. Bookmarks, podcasts, books, books to hold bookmarks, whatever it is, um, Also, uh, I mentioned at the beginning, my book, All Things New, Breaking the Cycle and Raising a Joyful Family. If you would like a free chapter of that to see if the book might be helpful to you wherever you are in your journey, I encourage you go to my website, ErinMcColeCup.com, or just find me on Instagram and go to my bio link. You can take a quiz called What is Your Cycle Breaking Beatitude? And based on your quiz results, I will personally send you a chapter chosen just for you based on your quiz results of all things new, breaking the cycle and raising a joyful family. And hopefully that will be something that can help you for free in the here and now to kind of, you know, maybe take that next step into whatever beauty God has waiting for you in the next moment.
0: I the I actually interviewed Erin, uh, for her book, and I'll drop that link in the show notes as well as a link to all the places where you can follow her and also to take the quiz. Erin um, is doing great work in in helping people with you know mental health, trauma survivors, and just yes. bringing the light of Christ into a fallen and sometimes dark world. So um, I love. Getting to talk to you, Erin, and I appreciate your spending this time with us. And to all of you, um, what our Not Lukewarm Challenge will be for this week is, I'm not going to say join us on Clubhouse because maybe you're not even on Clubhouse, but start every day this week with five things that you are grateful for and see if that doesn't help shift your perspective a little bit. Instead of being a scarcity or woe is me type of morning going to have a grateful morning. And so I encourage you to try to do that every morning this week. Five things you're grateful for. All right, everyone, have a great week. And I'll be back again next week with more on the Not Lukewarm podcast. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on Podcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about, or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.